from the heart of America in Chicago, Illinois. It's time for Roker Radio with Al Roker Jr. And now, Al Roker Jr. Welcome to another edition of Roker Radio, Al Roker Jr. Yes, I know it's been a minute. Hope you're being safe and having a good spring so far, a good 2022. Now that summer is upon us, we've got some great festivals coming up, music and food, and I hope to be exploring several of them as the months progress. But I wanted to start off with a congratulations. Congratulations to Chef Eric Williams from my neck of the woods, Hyde Park. He just won a James Beard Award. He won the James Beard Award for Best Chefs in the Great Lakes region. And not only did he win that, he was the only Chicago chef to win a James Beard Award this year. And there were more than a handful of nominees. So congratulations to Chef Eric Williams from Virtue Restaurant on the South Side in Hyde Park. Now, I've been on the Eric Williams bandwagon for a while now. As a matter of fact, when I heard he had won, I dug up an interview that I did with Chef Eric when I was on WGN, props to WGN. And after five minutes, I was hungry. I'll tell you that much. You'll be hungry after the first five minutes of this episode of Roker Radio, but you'll also know after five minutes why this man was nominated for a James Beard Award, why he has won, and uh, he's something special. We're lucky to have him in this town, so get those reservations to virtue uh, with the quickness because they won't be easy to come by now. Wanted to congratulate Chef Eric and play for you an interview that I did with him just before everything shut down, just before the pandemic started from 2020 with Virtue Chef Eric Williams, now the newest member of the James Beard Award-winning family, as he is now the James Beard Award winner for 2022 for the best chef for the Great Lakes region. Congratulations, Chef. So here's Chef Eric Williams on Roker Radio from 2020. 720 WGN, Ken Smith with you until 11 p.m. That's when Nick DeGilio comes into the WGN Skyline studio. Want to welcome to the show my first guest. We've got a really busy show about, uh, today, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking to this young man. This is a, really the hottest chef in the city of Chicago, and he's got one of the, if not the hottest restaurant in the city of Chicago. His restaurant is called Virtue, and it's Chef Eric Williams. Chef, welcome to 720 WGN. How are you? I'm great. And yourself? Very good. Did you have a good uh, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve? Oh, boy. We had a really great service last night. We were cooking well until about the 1 1 a.m. hour, so it was a good night. That's a huge night for restaurants, right? I mean, that's got to be... a big night. Yeah, really big night. So, Virtue... Well, first, before we get into virtue, let's talk a little bit about yourself. Tell us about yourself. How how long have you been a chef? What? When did you know that you wanted to be a chef for a living? 
So I've been cooking a little shy of, of three decades. And um, <clears throat> as as I tell people, the very, very simple version is I work for a guy by the name of Michael Cornick at MK, where I, I worked many years. And um, Michael was so passionate about food, it became infectious. Okay. So I didn't I didn't necessarily seek out um, becoming a chef. I, I was working in restaurants as a means to an end. And um, it, it just became this infectious environment um, that was rich with culture and opportunity. And, um, you know, I, I understood some things about cooking, but I learned a lot physically in kitchens. So when you started working, so you were working in kitchens as a means to an end. Yeah. So you weren't passionate about it, but Michael Cornick got you passionate about it. Yes. What did he do that? lift that fire in you so it was it was really his approach to handling product um to engaging with guests um and and i had never seen anyone work with food or handle food at that capacity um and care so much about everything from farming to waste to what that finished product was going to be on the plate okay so you now Look at food differently now that you started working with with at MK and working with Michael. So now you start to see food differently. Absolutely, uh, you start to probably taste food differently. Are you are you a culinary trained chef or no? So I wasn't trained in schools. I was trained in kitchens. Okay, so you just yeah. so you just uh, school of hard knocks. Yes. Okay. So uh, so you were at MK for how long? I was at MK for 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And Virtue has been open. His his restaurant is called Virtue. Where is it located? 1462 East 53rd Street in Hyde Park. And I would say, I, I've told this to my wife, and my wife is from Rogers Park, and she had never been to Hyde Park before okay. we were married. And we've been married for 26 years now. Uh, and I've often said that probably... Most of the people in Chicago haven't been south of McCormick Place. They haven't been south of the auto show unless they went to the Museum of Science and Industry when they were a kid or something like that on a field trip. Right. They probably haven't been to the south side. Why Hyde Park for virtue? So Hyde Park's great because of the amount of diversity that takes place in Hyde Park. Um, I mean... We've got diversity in terms of economic status. We've got diversity in terms of gender. We've got diversity in terms of sexuality. I mean, just about anything you're looking for, you can find um, in Hyde Park. And people live together in that space symbiotically. The The reality is that Chicago is still a very segregated town. I mean, like there, there are pockets in the city that are, are still pretty divided. Um, there's not as much as a, of a negative connotation around it. Right. Um, but, but I mean, Chicago is truly a city of neighborhoods and it totally, I is. mean, and you can, you can see it as you drive around. You can literally can cross a street and be in a completely different hood. Yes. You know, in a, in a matter of minutes. Right. Right. And so, so that was very appealing to me. Uh, what, what has been interesting about us being planted in Hyde Park is the fact that we've seen people drive from as far as Highland Park to seek out what we're doing. And um, and that brings a lot of gratitude, but also a lot of humility um, to what we do every day, knowing that people are, are, are trekking in um, to be a part of this experience. And Hyde Park, and I've lived in Hyde Park my entire life, and one thing, all the things that you talked about 
that Hyde Park is known for uh, is absolutely correct. Uh, diversity is the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about Hyde Park. Uh, food is not. Restaurants are not. Yeah. I've lived there my whole life, and the, my, and, and, the, and the most known restaurant in Hyde Park is Valoris, which is a, uh, a Greek cafeteria-style yeah. restaurant that actually no one had heard of until President Obama started saying that he liked going there. <laughs> Uh, but that's basically what, that's basically what Hyde Park has been known for food wise. But it's really starting to change now, not just the, the food culture in Hyde Park, but just everywhere you've got the, the Sophie Hotel brand new, which yes. just uh, won an award as, as the best new boutique hotel in the country, uh, a year ago, a Hyatt place down there, uh, uh, Strings Ramen about to open up, uh, Bud Long, uh, you know, yes. Hot Chicken, and uh-huh. and of and of course uh, Virtue. So uh, you've done a lot. You've, you've start, you're turning Hyde Park into a a food destination. Well, I would single handedly take any credit for turning it into <laughs> a food destination, but um, um, we we are really, really again humble um, with the amount. Of support that we've been getting and, and, and the warm reception by the community and the city as a whole. Um, you know, we, we set out every day to try to, you know, serve really good food and to work with a team and develop people so that they have skills that work not just in the space, but in their everyday lives. Well, you're being you're being modest. Uh, you just recently won Eater's best restaurant in Chicago. You were, you got a great review from Phil Vitell in the Tribune. You've been written up in Esquire, New York Times. I mean, you're really, you're being very modest. This is a hot restaurant and it is, it's a hot restaurant for a reason. And, 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 you're the main reason, my friend. You are the main reason well, because you. your passion, your passion shows, uh, you know, the love that you have for the cooking, what you're trying to bring into it, and also, you know, what goes on the plate. We're gonna have to take a break in a second, but I want to talk to you specifically about the food that you serve at Virtue. Uh, what do you, what do people say when they when they come? Maybe because you're. I wouldn't say it's soul food, right? Not I wouldn't uh, southern southern food, right? I, southern southern yes. southern food. So there's probably a lot of foods there that people aren't familiar with so, on your menu. So it's interesting. They 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 tend to be a lot more familiar than they think. Um, okay. I mean, there's some staples that that show up a lot in soul food, right? Macaroni and cheese, collard greens, and things like that. Um, <clears throat> and and we can get deeper into this, but. We're, we're not just focused on the food that was the best of scrap cookery being soul food um, and the food that we fed each other when we were in the fields. But we're also focused on the food that was cooked in the house because we recognize that African-Americans for a long time cooked all of the food in the South because we were the labor force. Sure. Right. Right. And and we did it on, on as rail car porters and we did it um, in the White House. And so. 
as, as I became very fascinated around the idea of Southern food and its context, um, I felt it was time that someone African-American highlighted it in a way that talked about the historical context that talked about place and not to shed light on all the negative things that have happened in our past and in, in, in our past, but to shed a lot of light on the positive contribution that our ancestry um, both contributed to our country, but also contributed to the many people that they reared throughout the course of a particular um, um, time and place in this country. You, you had mentioned a minute ago, I, I think you said scrap cooking. Uh, and when you mentioned scrap cooking, you know, the, the slaves would get the scraps. They'd get the worst cuts of meat. They would get the, they would get the pig's feet and they would get the yes. pig's tails and they would get the hog mauls and they'd get the really the, the oxtail and all that kind of stuff. The, the, what was considered to be the worst cuts of meat. And that's how, you know, they ended up having to make it taste good. Uh, so when you go to your restaurant, you say that people may be a little more familiar with it than, than what they might think. Uh, what are some of the things that they'll find on your menu? Um, they'll find some things like we do amazing chicken gizzards. See, I love, see, I love gizzards. I've loved them for years. Uh, I think probably the first time I ever had a gizzard, it probably was a Harold's chicken. You know, you get the, you get the gizzards and you get the livers and, and the gizzard is, what is a gizzard exactly? Um, it's actually a part of the chicken's stomach. Um, and, and it, it, it's always, um, thought of as a piece that's going to be really chewy and rubbery. Um, but, but that's not what you get at Virtue. We, we serve a chicken gizzard that's delicious and that is, um, um, very moist and edible that has crunch, um, on the outside. And, and it's kind of a mind trick because people are like that. People that eat gizzards are gearing themselves up. Right for for, for, this task. for the right for the toughness yes and, and, and totally opposite <laughs> but I mean that that's what chefs that's where chefs find their joy right and taking parts or taking techniques that have been around for a long time and putting their own um, twist to them and and allowing them to speak um, in a way that feels very natural but also enhancing them. I want to hear more about the chicken gizzards. I want to hear more about some of the delicious foods that you can get at Virtue. I also want to talk to you about some of the stuff that you're doing in the community as well. Chef Eric Williams is with us from Virtue Restaurant in Hyde Park, 1462 East 53rd Street. We'll talk more with him coming up on 720 WGN. 720 WGN, Ken Smith with you until 11 p.m., joined right now by Chef Eric Williams from Virtue Restaurant in Hyde Park. We were just talking off the air uh, Chef Eric, about the gizzards that you serve uh, at your restaurant, and, and, and as I was telling you earlier, I've you know I've been eating gizzards for years, but I'm sure there's got to be you know when somebody's driving in from Highland Park and they get to your restaurant, they've got to look at that menu and go gizzards. What are gizzards? When somebody is having gizzards for the first time or dirty rice for the first time, what is what's their reaction? They are blown away. Um, first of all, it, it, it's such a rich balance of flavors. The the gizzards are light, um, and, and the rice, uh, we make sure that, that it feels... Well, let me start. 
Let me say this correctly. Sure, go ahead. So first of all, we use Carolina Gold Rice, which has flavor. Uncle Ben's rice has no flavor. It tastes like nothing but whatever you put in it. Most times, that's butter, salt, and pepper. Okay. And so Carolina Gold Rice, which is an original strand of rice brought here through um, uh, through the trade directly from Africa, um, is is nuttier. It has texture. It's chewier. And so once we add that the the um, the amount of liver that we add to it, it doesn't come across as overbearing, but it comes across very balanced. And so you get this this crunch and this crispy um, gizzard. And then this velvety rice, and then a little bit of um, um, chicken reduction, which we just simply call gravy. And that's the, the chicken livers. That's the dirty in the dirty rice. Yes. Uh, and people are and people are blown away. Are they a little apprehensive at first? Uh, we're, we're selling more chicken gizzards than we thought we would ever sell. That's, <laughs> that's first and foremost. Um, and and it's amazing to me how many um, um, like food writers, if they're not writing about it, literally call me to say like. I never thought I would eat a chicken gizzard based on its reputation. And it's one of my favorite things in the restaurant. So I, I didn't open a restaurant to, to, you know, just talk about chicken gizzards. We've got a full menu. Right. But it seems to be the thing that people find the most striking. Um, you know, our, our macaroni and cheese is delicious. I mean, we serve some of the best greens in the city, hands down. Um, we serve a, a delicious um, um, one-pound pork chop that we roast. Mm. And <clears throat> the focus has a lot to do. Um, uh, with me gently combating the fallacies around African-American food and diabetes and high, hypertension and it all being heavy and rich. And so back to the context of, of us cooking food um, for the country, which means every settler, everyone who came to this country brought their wares, they brought their techniques, they brought um, the best of ingredient bases from, from their countries. And we were able to cook those things and translate them into meals, right, that people could sustain themselves over and have a high level of familiarity with over a period of time. And so I, I you know, I had this crazy idea, you know, why, why is it that the only time you see ham in an African-American home is is on holidays, A, and, and oh, unless it's lunch meat, <clears throat> and also around the fact that most times that ham has been soaked and cooked mm-hmm. when when we eat prosciutto, you know, freely as Italian ham, but Kentucky hams slice just as well as any Italian prosciutto. And so we wanted to have um, um, space for sliced Kentucky ham. We wanted to bring back the idea that head cheese is a thing. Um, <laughs> my mom used to love head cheese. Oh, my mother used to send my me to the store as a kid. Love head cheese. <laughs> yeah, head what, cheese. Tell, and tell, tell them what head cheese is real quick. Head cheese is the meat from from the. It's not cheese. Head. No, it's no, not cheese. at all. No. Yeah. Um. Um. And it's the it, it's once you you take the entire hog's head and, and and you boil it, and um and all of the meat falls from the bone, but also the gelatin um falls from the bone, and then you you repress that meat back into what would be considered a terrine um or or a pate, um pate being the whip version, and um and it and it eats incredibly well. I mean, like it's the best eating. Of pork, and it is a technique that's seen all throughout France, right? But mm-hmm. in soul food or or in Southern cooking, all of a sudden it's kind of looked at as like this heavy, overly rich, fatty thing. And so, why are there all these like negative connotations around food, right? As, as it relates to um, um, the African American cook or the African American chef. And so, so we want to highlight this in a way that feels really good to people and really natural. 
when all we're doing is is creating a, a, a rich display of technique and, and ingredient bases that many people are familiar with. They're just not familiar with it in the context of Southern cooking. Well, when I go there, I'm, I'm going to have to, because my mom used to eat that head cheese when I was a kid, and I was like, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, so, but I'm gonna, so I'm going to have to try your head cheese. Oh, man, you're, you're, you're going to be so surprised. Okay, I, 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 I will go into it with an open mind. I promise you I will. All right. Uh, Eric Williams is our guest here. He's from Virtue Restaurant in, in Hyde Park. Are there a lot of African-American head chefs in the city of Chicago? Um, I talked to quite a few of them that are in the city. Um, I, I, I probably talked to most of them. Um, and the ones that I'm not in contact with, I, I generally try to reach out to. I want to say that there's probably about 10. That's and, it. Yeah. And hardly anybody can name more than five it's really tough to name more than five in this city is it because it's difficult for them to get head chef positions or is it because it's just not a profession that african-americans are going into well we've got a couple things um and this will take a little while to un- 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 unpack but I'll-, I'll give a short version african-americans for a long time have um replace the word service with servitude because of the conditions um, that we worked under for so many years. Now we're in a position to, um, um, to provide great service, right? And cooking for someone is a service. And so while we um, had this, this, the stigma around cooking, um, you had great chefs coming out of um, France and out of Italy and, and other places um, that celebrated the idea of cooking. And so even in my own upbringing, the food that I learned how to cook was, was, was French food. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, Southern food. It was Southern food at home, but it was not Southern food in, in, in a, a professional environment. Sure. Right. Right. And so, um, so there's been this stigma around it up until the point where we start to see chefs celebrated and chefs on television. And now, you know, it's, it's the new cool thing, but, We've had years and years and years of parents kind of looking down on their children when they said that they wanted to become chefs or they wanted to work in the hospitality community. Um, and, and that could be anywhere from from being a chef all the way to um, uh, working in hotels um, behind the scenes, whether it was housekeeping or the concierge. Mm. So and also it's really hard work. It's hard. I was just going to say it's hard work. I, I, I know a lot of chefs. Uh, my, my, one of my best friends from high school ended up uh, becoming a chef, and he just moved back into town in the last couple of years from San Diego. And that kid runs. I mean, we're the same age. Like, I'm a kid, but he runs around like a chicken with his head cut off. Yeah. I mean, we're all hours of the day. We think we work weird hours in radio. I mean, he's working all hours of the day. It's you're on your feet. It's hot. It's it's not it's not as glamorous as it as it uh, appears to be, is it? It's not. But the same could be said about sports, right? Sure. Like there's so much conditioning that goes into what we see um, um, as a finished product with elite athletes, right? Like the worst guy in the NBA. Is better than most guys we've ever seen play. Sure, right, exactly. And, and in most sports in general, they're just playing with guys that are so, so great yeah. that it looks like 
they're very mediocre. And so there is a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes, but there I haven't found a richer reward than 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 being in total control of someone's experience as it relates to something that they need, right? If you think about it, food, we have to eat. Right. So you show up at a pay, place for your celebration. You show up there if you're just very famished and half cocked. You show up there if you're trying to bridge a gap between some long lost family member. Like you can think of just about every occasion that is fitting to have a meal around, even, even to the point of settling dispute, right? It all happens at a dinner table. And a chef has the opportunity to take something that either once once was tough, chewy, um, ugly, or 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 um, um, kind of overlooked, and turn that, translate that ingredient into something that is soothing, something that will create a nostalgic memory, something that could be viewed as art, right? And you ingest that a for nourishment, but also to you know to become a part of this experience that's taking place. And so I don't know that many art forms or that many um um crafts where you get to both appreciate what the what what the um um piece is that the person is sharing but you also get to ingest it. You were talking a little bit earlier about how there are only about 10 African American head chefs uh, in the city of Chicago, and how that how African Americans were discouraged from getting into uh, getting into that profession. You're going to be doing something in the community with with uh, with kids. Oh yeah, I'm really excited about this this um, activation that I have coming up. I'm I'm going to work with Time Out Market and do activations throughout the year. Um, and and the partner that I'll be using is Embark. Um, and Embark goes into schools and helps. Um, high school level kids gain access to um, um, exposure. And so what they do is they expose them to different careers, um, space throughout the city. And what they found is that through this engagement, these kids are learning. They're becoming more engaged in in their coursework. They are finding hope and um, and, and the graduation rate and the, the, the path to college has soared, soared. I mean, oh, wow. they're, they're at about 98% um, um, graduation rate in, in areas where there was a very, very high dropout rate. And so what we want to do is have African-American kids and kids of color be exposed to cooking in a very real context in a space that many of them might not have had the opportunity to um, um, venture into outside of a little bit of direction or guidance. And so timeout market is is huge. It's a really hot um um food hall in Chicago right now it's the largest one and and on display are 18 chefs and restaurateurs um providing food for that for that for the city and we want kids to be able to walk in and see chefs working in real time and then have the opportunity to ask me questions about why chefs are doing what they're doing um and watch a cooking demonstration and then last but not least ingest a meal that could be ingredients that they've seen but never had the opportunity to try. Well, Chef Eric Williams, uh, I can't wait to get back to your restaurant. If you've never been to Virtue, make sure you you put that at the top of your list for 2020. The location again? 
1462 East 53rd Street on the corner of 53rd and Harper. In a brand new bustling Hyde Park. Go there. Try the gizzards. Try the dirty rice. If you try the gizzards, I'll try the I'll try the head cheese. Oh, I'll, I'll make that deal with you. And uh, appreciate everything that you're doing in Hyde Park. Everything that you're doing uh, in the community and and for the kids. And and please come back and see us again sometime soon. Thanks so much. And please note, it really only takes about 15 minutes to get there. <laughs> That's exactly right. Chef Eric Williams from Virtue Restaurant. Kent Smith with you here on 720 WGN. Back in a minute. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Roker Radio. Thank you to James Beard Award winning chef Eric Williams of Virtue Restaurant in High Park. Congratulations to him. It's the still the hottest restaurant in town. As a matter of fact, his chef de cuisine, DeMar Brown, was just on this season of Top Chef. Now, if you haven't seen Top Chef, spoiler alert. Well, I won't spoil it for you. The season's over, but if you want to go and rewatch it and find out how Chef DeMar did, you can do that. I will tell you that Chef DeMar did win the Viewer's Choice Award, so he was the most popular chef on Top Chef. So you got a restaurant on the south side that's got a Top Chef contestant and fan poll winner in their Chef de Cuisine and the James Beard Award winner for Great Lakes 2022 as the head chef and owner. Both African-Americans, very special on the South Side. So congratulations to the two of them. If you go to Virtue, please try the gizzards. Try the head cheese. I'd love to know how you like them. And the macaroni and cheese is out of this world, I'll tell you that much. Hopefully, we'll be at some other festivals, music, and food festivals as the summer progresses. As always, you can catch me on my other podcast, The Slob Show. That's what we'll give you the hookup as well on all things slob. Fashion, food, the slob lifestyle as we know it. And I hope to have you back here on Roker Radio again real soon. Until then, take care. Get vaccinated, get boosted, mask up when they ask, do the right thing. And please be careful out there. And I'll talk to you, peace.